so hey guys, I know uh, Bruce was talking about how y'all always love hearing me speak and <laughs> y'all always applaud me and I was like, well, I'm going to tell them not to eat sugar, so I'm not too sure they're going to be happy with me today. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I'm leading out. <laughs> But you guys, did you know that sugar is more addictive than um, heroin? Did you know that? It's more addictive than heroin. And it's in almost everything we eat. It is it's in almost everything we eat. Sugar is, um, is really killing us. It's harming us. And there are so many things about sugar that... I don't want to sound like, um, what are those called? Um, conspiracy theor theorists? What is, is that what they're called? I don't want to sound like one of those, so I don't want to talk too much about sugar. I actually want to educate you guys, though. Um, and, and I think it's important that when we are, uh, when we're, when we're when, especially whenever I'm teaching up here, that we look at the Word of God. And so I don't want to... Uh, go outside of that because you know we live in a physical world but we also live in a spiritual world and so we have to remember to remain in both and see from both perspectives okay it's like um, in in 2007 I, I, I remember Bruce really God started using him in healing more, even more so. He was already using Bruce in healing, but he started to increase that. And I, I just remember watching people come up in the prayer line and they're believing God to heal them of diabetes. And, but then they go home and they have a chocolate cake. And I'm just like, yes, God, he's so concerned about healing. It's a priority for him. He wants us to be healed. It's, it's one of his priorities. It's why he died, one reason why he died on the cross, so that we could be healed. But the thing that I really want to impart to you guys is that we have a responsibility ourselves. It's like we have a responsibility with our relationship with Christ. It's the same responsibility and level of responsibility to manage our health. Our, 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 physical, our health is more than just physical. Our health is mental. Our health is spiritual. Our health is physically. And I even believe that we all have a financial health that we're responsible for. I think those are the four places of health that we all must manage. And he's called us to that. But I'll, I'll bring out some scriptures about that in a little bit. But I, I did always feel like there is a place for prayer and receiving prayer, but I also felt like there was a responsibility when you get out of the prayer line to manage it. When you get out of the private ministry room, you have a responsibility to go and maintain what you just got delivered from, what you just got healed from. It's not, it doesn't just happen in the private rooms. You have, to, and what is that, like an hour? You're maybe an hour and a half that you're in that private room. Well, you have all those other hours for the rest of the week until you come back again the following week that you're responsible for. It's on you. And 
I know that there's a grace, and I'm not going to dismiss that part either, but I, I, I just feel like we all have a responsibility to, to manage. And so um, I love you guys, and I want to talk to you about that, okay? Let's look at um, Leviticus 17, 11. It, it, in Leviticus 17, 11, it, it reads, For the life, and this is out of the NIV, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. And the thing I want us to pay attention to in this, this is, this is very spiritual. This is also talking about that God gave his blood for, for, for our lives. There, there had to be a sacrifice made so that, that God could make a covenant. And there had to be blood shed in that covenant. And that is what it's talking to us about. But it is also a, there's also a physical law here. There's a spiritual law at work here and a physical, a natural law at work here. And that is the life that's in the blood. And as Bree brings up a, a picture, I want to talk to you physically about what is in our blood. What, what is the life in our blood? This is from... May of 2017, this is actually before Bruce and I started uh, changing, well, we, we had started changing our lifestyle, but this is before we started on keto. This is about two months before we started on keto. These are just his lipid, this is his lipid panel, which is your cholesterols, and you can see uh, every, every, almost everything's in red, right? <laughs> high, low, high, high. Um, you can see the ranges over there in the middle, like where it says reference range. It's all pretty high or a little low. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not a doctor. I'm not gonna go into these in too much detail. But you know, you see the tri his triglycerides, the HDL, the v the LDL, VLDL, and then the LDLs. They're all high, but so that was, this was from May. So in, on, Ju on July 4th, 2017 is when we started eating keto and keto is high fat, low carb. And it's actually our, your, your, when you're eating keto, like your goal is really to be as close to zero sugar as possible and that and, and that's like when you're eating keto you can have berries strawberries raspberries blueberries that's it it's all of the fruit you can have because you're because you're trying to go for zero sugar and yeah so then we started on keto and then when I say high fat I'm talking about natural fats like avocado avocado oil olive oil, natural fats like that, not um, processed food and, and, and junk. But um, so would you pull, do the second one? And this is, this was from March of this year. So almost two years later, I know that's kind of far, but you know, guys, it's a process and um, 
uh, we didn't actually have his, I don't know what, but anyways, you can see here a huge difference, right? Isn't that a huge difference? Go back to the, to the first one. So, it's, uh, his numbers are significantly better two years later. Okay, and go back. See? <laughs> so, um, and we're just looking at his cholesterol just because uh, when they say, they talk about keto, that your cholesterol is going to go high and, and all that, but it's not true. He, his numbers have gone down, significantly down, and what happened is, in 2015, he, Bruce had an episode, and he had to go to the emergency room, and he had to get on high blood pressure, and he was on two different forms of high blood pressure, and so he changed the, he started changing the way he was eating at that time, and he just did little things, like he stopped having a bowl of ice cream every night before he went to bed, yeah, and, and that, I mean, well, yeah, and no soda. But he wasn't drinking a lot of soda. But yes, he stopped having soda and stopped ice cream at night. And then, um, uh, and then when it really became drastic when we had when we got on keto. And it, the thing is, is it's 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 a process. It's you slowly make changes. You you, you and it. Um, it impacts you, uh, but you. But the thing is, is once we started on keto, that was like cold turkey overnight. Um, and I don't know what, the thing that people say about. And I'm not here to promote keto. I just want to say that I. It's just what we found worked for us. And um, I mean, even today, I have found even further is I for me. Like if I got to choose. I would just eat carnivore. I would eat all animal products and forget the vegetables and all of that. But I know that's not where I'm going to stay, but that's what I like. <laughs> so, but, um, so I'm not here to promote one type of um, eating style, one type of diet. I mean, there's all kinds of diets. You guys all know this. But in, in 2014 when we were in Waco, I kept feeling like this void in, there were two places. One was in nutrition and one was in finance. And I knew that the Lord was calling me to understand and gain knowledge in those two places. And so I didn't know where to start. I felt so overwhelmed because if you, like today, like if you were trying, if you wanted to write a book or something, and one, one thing that they tell you to stay away from is health because health books, there are, there's a vast number of books out there that will teach you all kinds of stuff, some stuff that is not true, some stuff that is true, and it's just overwhelming, and I had no idea where to start. But the Lord started bringing people into our lives, like uh, you guys probably remember Jeremy Jarvis. He was on keto, and he lost like 60 pounds in four months, and he was thriving and healthy and it was amazing and uh, then of course he brought Caitlin into our lives who is a nutrition like I don't know <laughs> a couple of words ran through my mind but <laughs> yeah she's very disciplined in 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 health <laughs> and uh, so just 
yeah, a couple things happened that caused me to learn and, and even learn about myself and my body and what I like and don't like. And I think for all of us, like we all have different body types. You have to figure out what works for you. And it's like with ministry, when we're ministering, we need to figure out what the person in front of us needs, right? Everyone's going to need something different in the moment. And so that's what, what you guys need to figure out. And you know what? I don't want to annoy you, but uh, <laughs> I, I really am, this nutrition thing has really set me off. Like, it's really challenging. I feel sorry for my family because I, I just want them to eat right, eat perfect all the time. And, I, and that's wrong. I, 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 I can't be like that. I have to go easy on them because, you know. There, there are so many things available to us, and it's not being having first world world problems. That's one. We have so much available to us. We, it's it's unbelievable what's available to us, and it isn't always good. So, I wanted to teach you guys a few things. One, when you go to the grocery store, you guys. I hope you've heard this. I hope I'm repeating something you've already heard. But when you shop, avoid the middle part of the grocery store. Stay on the outside. Stay on the outside of the grocery store. If it's in the middle, you probably don't need it. Okay? So, <laughs> so just to kind of uh, drive home my, my, my comment about our responsibility, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It talks to us about that our bodies are the temple of God. Like, you know, we're, that last song that we sang, we were singing. What song could we sing for him, you know, and what can we do for him? I'm just going to submit that to you. Like, what if we, what if we took responsibilities of our body and we got to live an extra 10, 15 years and we, we won 10 or 15 more souls uh, for him? I mean, you know, I was, I was weeping week before last, I think, when um, um, the South African evangelist, Reinhard Bunke, passed away. You know, I mean, this guy, what a gift he has to give to God. Over 70 million, is that what they say, souls? It's a, it's a ridiculous amount of souls that he gets to give. You know, that's his gift to God. You know, I, and then he, he uh, passes in his sleep. That's, what I, that's how I want to go. I don't want to die. I don't want to spend you know, a whole year fighting cancer or, uh, uh, you know, my last 15 years with arthritis and, uh, you know, in miserable pain. I mean, and that's what sugar does to us. It creates an inflammation. We, we, it inflames our bodies because we're allergic to it. We're allergic to it. And so we swell up. And when one of my coworkers this week said an oxymoron, she, she, she was like, this guy was handing out, you know those little Christmas candies that you get with they're, they're the chocolate-covered uh, cherries? And she was enjoying her chocolate-covered cherry, and she was like, you know, cherries are anti-inflammatory. <laughs> As she's eating a chocolate-covered cherry with sugar, and sugar is inflammatory. <laughs> 
the sugar is what causes our inflammation. It's, it's, it, and it's, it's our body trying to fight a poison that has come inside of it. And so, uh, Brie, um, oh, before you play that first video, I wanted to tell you guys, so there's, 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 um, there's one thing, well, one, there's a lot of myths that were mistaught, you know, whenever, and I'm going to break this down. We're going to watch a few videos, but the first one is I want to talk to you guys about is it's, it's salt. If we went the rest of our lives and did not have salt, we would, we would die. It would kill us. We need salt. We need it. I know when we go to the doctors a lot and we have high blood pressure, they'll tell us to reduce our sodium and don't have so much salt. That, that, that's actually a, a death sentence. Uh, uh, obviously, you don't want to have too much salt, but if you do have too much salt, it's like... Um, uh, it's a, it's a, um, it's a mineral. And so our bodies will exert the sugar, the salt. It will. So if we have too much salt, it will actually, will urinate it out. But with sugar, it, our bodies don't do that. We don't actually get rid of sugar. It's not a mineral. Our, our, our bodies actually, it stays inside of us. The sugar stays inside of us. And so over a process, what our body does, and we're going to watch a video, but it actually stores sugar in our organs, in our body. And, and we're going to watch a video about that. But you know what, Bree, since I already, would you go ahead and play the first two videos? Hi guys, in this video we're going to talk about low salt and insulin resistance, okay? I don't know if you realize this, but we need salt in our diet. It's a requirement. There are certain RDAs for sodium, which by the way, salt is composed of sodium and chloride. So if you take salt, you have 40% sodium and 60% chloride. So in other words, you need, if we talk about sodium, 2300 milligrams every single day. So you would have to consume one teaspoon of salt to get enough sodium to meet your requirements, okay? So we need sodium. People are so freaked out about sodium, like, oh my gosh, it's gonna kill me, blah, blah, blah. It's gonna cause high blood pressure, but not significantly. But here's what you need to know. A low salt diet can worsen insulin resistance. A low potassium diet can worsen insulin resistance. And by the way, if you're salt sensitive, what that really means is you're potassium deficient. You don't need to lower your sodium. You need to increase your potassium, which will naturally bring the sodium down in the right ratios because we need four times as much potassium as we do sodium, all right? But realize that when you're on a ketogenic diet or you're doing intermittent fasting, you need at least one teaspoon of salt to also improve insulin resistance, which will then help you handle the insulin, which is usually too high, creating the problem. People with high insulin typically get high blood pressure. So, and then the doctor says, well, you need to reduce the sodium. No, you don't. You need to fix insulin resistance and take more potassium, not lower your sodium below the requirements that you need because low salt will worsen insulin resistance and keep your blood pressure from going down. And one more thing, always consume sea salt, not table salt. Thanks for watching. The essential problem is this. Our bodies have too much sugar. So, 
Imagine that your body is like a sugar bowl, a bowl of sugar, right? So over the decades, what happens is slowly that sugar bowl fills up. And now it's completely full. So what happens when we eat is that the sugar comes in and the bowl is full. So it all spills out into the blood. And that's what we call type 2 diabetes. That's the essential problem. And what do we do about it? Well, right now what we do is we give medications such as insulin, for example. Well, it doesn't actually get rid of the sugar. What it does is it takes that sugar from the blood and it simply forces it back into your body. Your body says, whoa, what am I going to do with it? The bowl is full, so this sugar has to go somewhere else. So what it does is it sends the sugar out into the body, sends it into the eyes, into the kidneys, into the nerves, sends it everywhere because it has nowhere to go. A lot of it is also turned into fat. And that's why insulin tends to cause a lot of weight gain. And what happens over time is that you haven't changed the problem because you never got rid of the sugar in the first place. So what happens when you eat again? Well, exactly the same thing happens. The bowl is full, sugar comes down, spills out into the blood, you take your insulin, and you shove it back in. Sugar goes into your body, goes into your eyes, into your kidneys, into your nerve. And what happens when you do this for years and years and years? Well, everything just gets full of sugar and your entire body essentially just starts to rot. And that's why type 2 diabetes affects virtually every single organ system. Everything. It's a leading cause of blindness, amputations, nerve damage, kidney damage, and dialysis. You get heart attacks, you get strokes, everything starts to rot. As you're forcing all this sugar into your body, what happens? Well, your body eventually can't take anymore because it's completely full. So what do us doctors do? Well, it's full, there's sugar in the blood, so you must need more insulin. So we give you more insulin so that there's more force shoving more sugar into your body. For a while, that's okay. Your body fills up again, but eventually it fills up again. And so what happens? We give you even more insulin and the cycle goes on and on. So the problem is we're not taking care of the actual problem. We're actually just hiding the problem. Because the key to treatment is not moving this sugar around the body. The key is to actually get rid of this sugar. Think about it this way. Suppose you have garbage in your kitchen. You want to throw out that garbage. But instead what you do is you take the garbage and put it under the rug. And you keep doing that for a while until your rug is completely full. Then you say, oh, I have garbage in my kitchen. I need a bigger rug. That's the increased insulin analogy. Why would you keep hiding away your garbage? So then you start throwing the garbage under the rug. It gets full. So you throw it into your bedroom. You throw it into your bathroom. All the while you say, wow, look how clean my kitchen is. But meanwhile, your whole house starts to smell. Same as your body. Your whole body starts to rot. So the key to understanding treatment to type 2 diabetes is you need to get rid of the garbage. You need to get rid of the sugar. There's really two parts to that. One, you need to stop the sugar from coming in. How do you do that? Well, you can follow a low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet. 
Because if you're not putting more sugar in, that's going to at least help take care of some of the problem. The other thing you can do is to burn off all that sugar because you need to get rid of it. And how do you do that? Well, one way is intermittent fasting. Fasting means you're not eating anything for a period of time, but your body still needs energy. So the first thing it's going to do is start burning off the sugar. That's great. That's exactly what we want to see because we want to get rid of all this sugar. And that's the key to understanding type 2 diabetes. I had this patient here, Richard, who came to me for treatment of his diabetes. He had been diabetic for 10 years. He was taking about 70 units of insulin and he was developing complications. He was getting eye disease, he was getting kidney disease. So we changed his diet, we put him on a low carbohydrate diet and we gave him some simple tips and we included some intermittent fasting in his regimen. Over a period of months, he lost about 50 pounds. And his diabetes got incredibly better. We took him off all of his insulin, took him off all of his medications, and his blood sugars are normal. Even two years out now, he's still on no medications, and his blood sugars are doing amazing. There's another example we can give. We can look at the example of very low-carbohydrate diets, or so-called ketogenic diets. Let me give you a case. I had a 27-year-old graduate student. She was actually studying physiology. And she was recently diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Her hemoglobin A1c was 10.4%. This is a three-month average of her blood sugars. The diagnosis of diabetes happens at 6.5%, so 10.4% is very high. Her doctors were very concerned, of course, started her on three medications right away. Being only 27, she, she didn't want to stay on medications for the rest of her life. So she looked on the internet and decided that she would follow a ketogenic diet. Well, she very quickly lost about 20 pounds. And at her three-month checkup, her hemoglobin A1c was 5.5%, well within the normal range and clearly not diabetic. Better, she had taken herself off of all her medications as soon as she started. So in this case, it looked like her type 2 diabetes was essentially cured. Wow. This is amazing news. This is amazing. Because type 2 diabetes, in fact, a curable and reversible disease. The fact that treatments exist means that there is hope for all of us. So that was Dr. Dr. Fung. He is a kidney specialist uh, out of Canada, and uh, he obviously treats a lot of people with diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And uh, he, he was taught in the university, and he was taught treat with medication. That, that's what they're taught in the university. Well, he kept noticing all his patients kept dying. <laughs> They, he'd treat them with the medication, he'd give them the insulin, and they would just die over time, you know? And he was like, wait, something's wrong here. So he went and started studying on his own, researching, learning, learning outside of the university. And because I don't want to sound like a, a uh, um, what did I call it earlier? A, con yes, <laughs> conspiracy theorist. <laughs> 
<laughs> fanatic. Okay. But I do want, I, I, I don't want to sound like that, but I do want to educate you guys. I do want to tell you like things like the American Heart Association, who funds them? Like, does anyone know who funds the American Heart Association? Who? The beef farmers. Wish. Wish the beef farmers. Nope, not the government. Coca-Cola. Pepsi. Kellogg's. Yeah. Those people are who fund the American Heart Association. Yeah. Yeah. So Coca-Cola pays a guy to to a million dollars to go on YouTube and, and eat a Twinkie diet. And he goes on there and he tells everybody how healthy they are and were for him. And, you know, people believe it. They don't know Coca-Cola paid him a million dollars to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. Uh, so... This, this Dr. Fun guy, he finds out, he really starts to study um, insulin. And actually, insulin is a hormone. It's a hormone that our body produces. And what insulin does is it, it takes sugar, and it does exactly what the video just told us. It actually converts it into fat, and it stores it for later for in, because it needs to, we need that sugar. We burn it for energy. It's sugar, the only way we get rid of it is to burn it as energy and we do that you know with uh exercise and our normal even sleeping when we're sleeping we're burning calories and or burning energy that our body takes in but what happens is when we're using sugar for our energy we are hungry because it's it burns up real quick it's a it's a it's a fast burning energy, and so we. That's why when we're eating, um, well, let's just use soda. If you if you have a, a twelve ounce can of soda, you drink it. You're you don't feel full. You don't feel like you had anything. You don't feel satiated. You don't feel satisfied. You probably want to have another can of soda. I don't know. I haven't had soda in about seventeen years. But you, it's, it's called an empty calorie, and your body wants more of it. And so that's the same thing with, with candy. Like this, when I went to California, whenever that was, a few weeks ago, um, I had some stuff that wasn't on my diet, and so I wanted more. I just, I wanted more. I instantly wanted more. And I felt this... I'm, and I don't know if you guys feel this, Bruce says you do, but I felt like a rebellion in my body. I kind of felt irritated and kind of angry, and I wanted more. I felt rebellious. Like, I wanted to rebel and have more sugar and have more whatever, you know, whatever was not on how I needed to be eating. And this, and it's continued. I actually have not got back on my my routine since and I have it in my head that soon as the holidays are over I'm going to get back on track and I don't think that's wrong I mean I think we should be allowed to have you know a, a week or two where we're eating you know whatever and enjoying ourselves 
But so he mentions intermittent fasting, and I don't know if that is a new term for you guys, but what it means, it actually is more like intermittent eating. Like you're, you're, you eat at a, cer- on, at a certain time frame. Like Bruce and I, we are to a place over the last two and a half years where we can eat, really, this is, might be surprising to you, but we could eat one meal a day, but you don't really want to do that. You want to try to have two meals or three meals, but what we found is our body w- wants to eat from 11 in the morning and, and stop eating at seven at night. That's what, how, when we feel the healthiest is from 11 to seven. And what does that work out to be? How many hours of fasting? Sixteen hours. Okay, so you so intermittent fasting is meaning you you don't eat a certain amount of time and then you eat during a certain amount of time. So fasting, you're fat at seven o'clock. You stop eating at seven. You don't start to eat at seven. That you stop eating at seven. And then you go to sleep and then you wake up and then you have like we have coffee in the morning and then we eat at 11. I mean, I, there are days where I would just love to not eat until one or two in the afternoon. I, and it's it, it you, the reason is why I love it is because you feel so good. I know you guys are looking at me like I'm a moron. Like I, I know. I mean, I just heard it. This I just heard it like two weeks ago. This lady was like, "Well, yeah, I, 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 my, I have to eat sugar ever so often because my blood sugar it it gets low and I need it to go back high." And I was like, "You know, I used to think that same thing." I used to think I needed to have sugar because if I didn't have sugar, I would feel bad, which was true. I would feel bad, and I need to eat more sugar. But what I never comprehended is what life was like if I was actually burning fat for fuel. What would happen? What was? What does that feel like when you're actually burning fat? for fuel instead of sugar for fuel. Sugar is something you have to keep replenishing it. You have to keep every two hours, you really do have to eat. But when you're burning fat for fuel, it's, a, it's an energy level you can't, you can't imagine. Did you know that the US SEAL team, that they put butter in their coffee? Like it's a thing, it, grass-fed butter. They put grass-fed butter in their coffees and that's what their breakfast is because it stimulates their cognitive ability and it gives them long-term energy. That's what they have for breakfast, butter in their coffee. And they're, um, because the butter, it's a grass-fed butter, you don't want to get like margarine or uh, low-fat butters. I, don't, I can't even remember what all kinds of butters there are, but there's, it's a grass-fed butter because the nutrients that the cows eat from the grass gets into the butter, into their milk, and, and of course, then that's in the butter, and that's their fat. It's the fat. They use the fat left over from the curating the butter, and that's how they make butter. So it's the fat from the cow, and that is what gives you fuel, Along, there's something that happens with the caffeine. There's, 
reaction, the, the caffeine and the butter, it, uh, it stimulates you cognitively. Also, fat, when, and people think that our brains, uh, that they, it needs to have sugar, like carbs, to, to, to stimulate your cognitive ability, your thinking and stuff. You're, you, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it is about that. But actually, the reality is when you're burning fat, you and you actually are more intellectual. Like um, engineers at Google, they, they fast. They actually fast to because what they're trying to do is they're trying to be smarter than the other, uh, than their competitors. And so they fast. And what happens when you fast, your body releases something called a ketone and ketones tell your body to burn fat for fuel. And it stimulates an intellectual reaction in your brain. And you actually, it's so interesting. You actually have this brain energy. I, I don't know how to explain it to you where you could understand it. But have you ever, well, you guys know brain fog, right? You, you know brain fog, you get it from, that actually can happen from eating sugar. So it's actually the opposite. So where you feel foggy in your brain and you're kind of tired and you're fatigued. Well, when you're burning fat, your brain is like, shooting off these transmitters and it's popping off energy and you're like totally awake and the fog is completely gone. I don't know how to explain it to where you would understand, but it's the opposite of brain fog. So have I, am I geeking out too much on (laughs) y'all? I got one no. Okay. I'll take it. Okay, so intermittent fasting. So what I did not tell you guys earlier is, hey, Brie, could you bring up the second picture of Bruce's blood work? Okay, that's the, okay, yeah. So this is the second one. Now bring up that last one that you just, his most recent. This was done in November. Look at those numbers. He's just progressively gotten healthier and healthier. And I didn't tell you guys, we didn't show you, but his sugar levels are not on here. Um, they, he was borderline diabetes. Now it's all normal. He's all back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, sure, go back to the second one. The, on the, that one, his LDL is 127 and your LDL is your quote, quote, bad cholesterol, but it's not really bad. And then go back to the third one. Oh, we're on it, <laughs> 108. See how much it dropped? He, <laughs> it was so funny when he got his um, blood work, he was freaking out because it was, it was red and he couldn't remember his last numbers. And, <laughs> and I was like, honey, let's go look at your previous numbers and he was like oh it dropped 19 points okay okay I'm good (laughs) but what I also did not tell you is I don't remember what dosage of medication he was on but he was on two types he's Forty milligrams for his blood pressure, but he was on two kinds. Now he's only on one, and he's on the lowest dose that they can prescribe. 
because because he just changed his diet. He hasn't he doesn't even exercise this man. He just changed his diet. <laughs> I'm asking him to walk. There there just walk. If we could all just walk 20 minutes a day, it would increase our our health just I mean even a little bit if we would just walk. But um but you know uh James 2:26 it it, uh, it talks to us about faith without works is, yes, is dead. And that's what I want to talk to you guys, or just bring that up because my mom, she, she had, my mom's past, you guys know, but she, she had this blind faith where uh, I would try to, you know, I'm learning about nutrition and I try to kind of coat her or mention it to her. I'm not saying I would tell her what to do. I would never do that. But I try to bring it up to her. And she would always say like, oh, no, 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 no. I just pray over my food and God blesses it and makes it healthy for me. <laughs> I'm so glad y'all think that's funny because, yeah, it's really ludicrous. I'm sorry, but it is. To There's physical laws and there's spiritual laws and God doesn't change. He set up boundaries on purpose. He intentionally set up boundaries. And it's up to us to educate ourselves and to be responsible for our own, our own health. And remember I told you all the four healths, our mind, our spirit, our body, and our finances. I think we're, we are responsible for all of those. And I also, I also think character's in there somewhere, but... Um, maybe our character impacts those four. I don't know, but we're supposed to grow in character. So there's a, I don't know how long I've been talking, um, but you guys seem kind of restless. <laughs> but I, I did want to, I do, I do want to say a few more things and then I'll close. I want to open up the altar for prayer time because, uh, okay, I've had, it's been 40 minutes. Okay, nice. Uh, because, let, I do believe in the power of God and his sovereignty and his, we all know and have seen him heal in this place and he is faithful and uh, we thank you God for, for your healing power <laughs> and how much you love us. But I, do, I did want to say, I do want to say there are some lies I'm going to break down next week. One of them is, and this was, I think this was the hardest stronghold for me, was the low-fat, non-fat craze. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with that. That's all I knew is we're supposed to eat low-fat and non-fat products. And that is an oxymoron, come to find out. We're, we actually need good, healthy fats, not not like you don't want to overkill with too much nuts or you, you know uh, and you don't want to eat too much fat but your body needs fat um god gave us the animals and uh and and he did it for a reason uh and then i wanted to throw some deep theology at you this is really deep like you know kind of deep theology that bruce does but so when you're thinking about food Think about this. If man made it, it's bad. Okay? If God made it, it's good. Okay, that's the deep theology. When you go to the grocery store, you can think, did God make this? If it's a, 
piece of fruit, it came from a tree. If it's uh, some meat, it came from an animal. God made those things. But God did not make the sure, yeah, processed sugar, the, the, the sugar cane that is in a bag. God didn't make that. What? Corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup. Yeah, he didn't make any of that. What? How sugar is made is, yes, you take the sugar cane and you put it through a machine and you squeeze out the juice, but then what happens is you take that juice and you put it, they have to put it through fire to cook down and cook out all the nutrients. And then what is left is the sugar, and that's what we eat. And that's what is in all of, I'm, I'm telling you guys, look at the nutrition labels. And what's something that they've recently done, which is really good, this is a really good good thing for us to remember. When you're looking at the nutritional um, tab, it now has on there added sugars. So it has sugars, but then there's an, like a subcategory and it says added sugars. So if it has zero added sugars, that's a win. Okay, you could have that, and it, and, but probably have it in moderation. Unless, of course, we should always eat things in moderation, but... <laughs> But anyway, um, the, uh, some, uh, another thing is, and I want to watch another video before we're done. Um, but we also, we do need, we do need to take supplements. Um, I'll talk about that more next week. And I did want to just mention a few different diets. One is there's Mediterranean, there's uh, paleo, ketogenic. My, my currently favorite is carnivore. And then there is vegetarian. But again, I think, I think what's going to happen with me and Bruce is I'm, I'm, I have an idea that we're probably going to do like one day carnivore, the next day keto, another few days pa paleo. And paleo is, it's all natural. Like you can eat fruits and vegetables and um, meats and fish and all that. But, I mean, it, it, it actually can be very complicated, and it stresses me out sometimes, but, yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to watch that last video, Brie. This is a video, it's going to talk to us about how to be sugar-free, three, three ways to be sugar-free, and this is Dr. Fung, again, he's being interviewed on a, um, a live podcast, but, uh, he, yeah, he is, he is a doctor, he, and that's why I'm bringing up him. And the first guy we heard, his name was Dr. Berg. He is also a doctor. That's why I wanted us to watch them, because they really have educated themselves, and they have the schooling behind them. <laughs> I'm Jason. So I'm going to end on a question that we ask everyone at the show. And um, that is, um, what would you say are your top three kind of tips for living uh, a sugar-free life? And it doesn't just have to be nutrition-based. Yeah, I think that the, um, the, the top three, I mean, 
I think the number one would be really to stick to kind of whole unprocessed foods, right? I mean, the added sugars to me is always the big, big thing. A lot of people ask about fruit and I always say, well, if, if eating some fruit is like the worst that you do, that's not that bad, right? It's really all the added sugars. Um, and, and it comes in a lot of processed foods that you don't even see, you know, like sauces and stuff. You don't think you're getting a lot of sugar, yeah. but you are. So really sticking to kind of whole foods and unprocessed foods is still, I think, advice that we can kind of all agree on. Um, uh, number two, I think, is to, if it's too hard, then just don't eat, right? So increasing the amount of fasting periods, right? And it doesn't mean that you do like 40 days and 40 nights, right? It means that, you know, maybe you cut out a few of the snacks because snacks tend to be highly process because there's you know they're not full meals right it's not like you're getting going out and buying a piece of salmon and frying it up it's just something a snack right you know, you grab it it's a cookie or it's something and it tends to have a lot of these processed foods so cutting out all the snacking is probably the main thing and then um the, the third thing is like the breakfast the breakfast is the the, the big one i think because everybody's trying to get somewhere at breakfast time so nobody has time and that's why you eat toast and jam or muffin or a donut or whatever it is it's always highly processed carbohydrates usually with a lot of sugar right and so if it's too difficult to like make some eggs for breakfast or something then don't just go right through the funny part i think about fast uh, breakfast is that the very word itself actually tells you it's the meal that breaks your fast it's not you have to eat it first thing in the morning. You can break your fast at 12 o'clock, right? You can break your fast at dinner time if you want. But the other thing it implies is that you have to fast every day because you can't break a fast if you're not fasting. So it means that what they recognized, you know, again, so many years ago is that fasting is a part of everyday life. It's really just the flip side of eating, right? But those have to be in balance, the time you're eating and the time you're fasting. It's part of everyday life, and we, we've gone from, you know, nothing after dinner to kind of breakfast, which is like a 12-hour fast every day, to like, oh, just eat all the time. Eat until you go to bed, and first thing you get up, start eating, right? And it's like, you're going to lose that weight that way? You really think so? I don't. So again, you know, in terms of cutting out the sugars, breakfast is a, is a, is a big one, right? There's a lot of sugars, a lot of processing, a lot of processed foods there, snacks, um, I think if you can do that, that's that's that gets you kind of a, a long way towards mm -hmm. uh, getting rid of those added sugars. Mm -hmm. That is their phenomenal um, top three tip there, and I think definitely the breakfast one. I think so many people still think that you know breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and I think we've just completely yeah. got away from from really even understanding what it means. Um, yeah. So. Jason, thank you so much for your time. I think this has been, I mean, Karen and I probably sit here all evening or afternoon for you. Um, you have just such a wealth of knowledge. Um, I would highly, highly encourage everybody to go and get this book. It is really probably one of the best that I have read in this space. Um, so um, everywhere, I think we can, it's available worldwide on Amazon. Is that Right, Jason. We'll have yeah, I think in Australia it doesn't come out till end of yeah, April. Yeah, so that's but it's okay. available the obesity in the UK. code. Um, I don't but, know about South Africa. I I asked no, about that. No, we don't have it yet. But no? you can buy it on Kindle. We can buy the the ebook on Amazon brief? on Kindle. 
Oh, okay. Because uh, I think it's the same publisher. They left that the, on so you could um, look up UK his book. as South Africa scribe, the code. and they said that it should be available. It, but I don't know when it, there. I haven't read it. I want to read it. Last night, um, on one of the the participants, um, she got. <laughs> Uh, we didn't have Luke, uh, who would have edited those for, for me, but he's in the UK with his family for the holidays. So me and Bree figured it out, right, Bree? We did some workarounds, and I'm proud of us. Good job, Bree. <laughs> but uh, so he said his three, his three ways to stay sugar-free were avo avoid the processed foods, what, look for the no added sugars and then intermittent fasting and um, I, so the intermittent fasting is something you kind of want to work your way into you don't want to just if you're going to do this you don't want to just start eating 11 to 7 you could I don't know what time you normally eat but maybe wait 30 minutes or wait an hour and then eat and kind of work your way up to um, your whatever intermittent time you want to eat if that's what you choose to do but I'm going to leave you with this and then Bruce wants to say something but I, I one thing that besides the intermittent fasting that really helped me well actually there were two but I'm going to tell you the other one next week one thing that really helped me is if I will have uh, apple cider vinegar with lemon and I put it in, I put one tablespoon of each, apple cider vinegar and lemon juice, or you can do lime juice and you want to get the organic, or you could even get fresh limes and lemons. Put that in four ounces of water and it, it, it like detoxes you and it curbs your sugar cravings. So, okay. Well, I, oh, oh, <laughs> yes, both. And at, at lunch. <laughs> How many times? You can take it three times a day before you eat. Or I do it right when I wake up and right before I go to bed, too. Just the apple cider vinegar with lemon. Mm -hmm. um, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl, did you have your question answered? I mean, Laura. Yes, you need, it has to have mother. Yeah, it won't work if it doesn't. Good question. The mother. What was your other question? You want? Oh. So when you're looking at, if you're looking at a label and you want to know if something is keto friendly, are you looking at the carb and then you uh, subtract the fiber and that's your net carb? Yes. So they so everyone's going to be different, but a good number to start testing is 50 carbs a day. Um, sometimes you maybe need more, like if you're too tired or um, if there are other if you start having other complications, uh, you maybe need to increase it. But a good number to start out is 50. Yeah, is 50. Oh, 40. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Gosh, good job, honey. Yeah, paleo is 100 and versus right keto is 40. 
Oh, yeah. Yes, Laura. Two more questions. Alcohol. Well, if you're going to be keto, you cannot have alcohol. Zero alcohol. Alcohol is sugar. Yes. May, oh, yes, Laura. And then I'll get to you, Margo. I'm glad you guys have questions. I'm glad you have questions. Oh, good. Yay. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of what, you know, this is all fact-based. A lot of this is science, fact-based, whatever. I mean, we can have a scripture, but there's an emotional component to what we're talking about. And so um, I'm, after all these years of studying health nutrition, weight loss, yada, yada, I mean, 30-plus um, years of it, I'm just now getting to the point where I am able to humble myself in the moment that what is God trying to show you well answer, answer why she's tempted because your body is going through detox it's 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 not it's it's used to a certain intake and it wants what it wants it wants your body is dead because of sin so it wants everything that is bad for you it craves it It, it craves it. Well, that's the thing. Sugar is more addictive than heroin. So there is a legitimate withdrawal, which I'm going to talk about next week. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that next week. And so, the last question. F-U-N-G. Yeah. His name is Jason Fung. Both, both Dr. Berg... Uh, is really great too. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. <clears throat> what I've realized through this diet that medication is my enemy. It is my enemy. What all long-term medication, I, I've said this before, all long-term medication is nothing more than prolonging the issue. It continues to aid in the disease it, it allows you to live with disease what I have found out it's taken two almost two full years is I have I, I only have nine points to go on my LDLs once I get down on my LDLs nine points more which will be I, I, when I when I show you my my blood work in June of next of this coming year, you'll see that I will be all uh, I've gone from borderline diabetes to no I, I'm 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 normal. I've gone from my cholesterol. My doctor wanting me to put on uh, to, she was actually trying to get me to take cholesterol medicine, and I refused to take it. 
so what I did, I came home and said, listen, I have an issue. And so I started to deal with it by eating. So listen, everything, 80% of everything that you are is through your diet. 20% is through exercise. And everything that I have done has been strictly through diet. Strictly through diet, not exercise. I do not like to exercise. I've exercised all my life. And so I really have a hard time with exercise right now. That is my weakness. But here's what I want to, here's what I want to say, and then, we'll, then we're going to open the altar up for prayer. This is what I want to say. When you look at your numbers, you are looking at either long life or early death. And that's just the way it is. I don't, I hate to put it out there like that, but I realize that life is in my blood. It reveals the length of my days left on the earth. We can shorten the, we can shorten the length of our life and leave our loved ones, or we can discipline ourselves and tell this body no to sin and yes to righteousness. And if our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then we owe it to the Lord to further lengthen our days because you're here for your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. You are here to influence four generations minimum. Minimum. Do I like it? I do not like it. Even after two years, I'm still, I still feel the rebel inside. I still want to have what I want. But I can tell you, I can tell you that I have, I, no, here's one thing that I've learned about diets. They can tell you everything, but numbers don't lie. And if I would have obeyed my doctor, if I would have obeyed, if I would have obeyed Nicole, I was a rebel in Nicole's office. The only thing I was going to her for was the, was the blood pressure medicine. That was the only, the only reason why. I would be on cholesterol medicine today, and I would be on diabetic medicine today if I would have listened to her. Because she told me what every doctor wants to, low carb, low whatever. Low fat, low carb, or low fat, you know, whatever the diet is that they tell you today, it, it's all a lie. And so I said, show the people my numbers and tell them I'm ketogenic, I'm paleo, and I'm carnivore 90% of my life. That's it. And so my numbers don't lie. And when June, when you see in June, I will be, you know, I'll have the full panel of my whole panel, and it's all going to be regular. Because I still have another 15 pounds to lose. So why don't we stand?